How many times have you read something about the menstrual cycle? And did you think, why did I not know this? Why did nobody tell me this? And why didn't I get this lesson in school? I've had that thought a lot lately and I'm angry at society that we didn't get the lesson that we needed the most, the lesson about our own bodies. So that's exactly what I am going to do with you today. In this episode, I am going to take you through periods 101, the lesson that you were never taught. So get your notebooks ready and make sure that you are comfortable. My name is Sana, I am the period PT and this is the period pod. Okay, so let me talk you through it. This is periods 101. We are going to talk about the menstrual cycle, about the uterus, ovaries, your hormones, everything that is happening within the 28 days of the menstrual cycle. And let me start there straight away because I am using 28 days as an average. There is nothing wrong with having a menstrual cycle of more than 28 days or less than that, but we're just going to talk about the 28 because it's easy to to get that average and because in most literature that's actually the amount of days that they are using. So, periods 101 is what this lesson is called, but let me be clear that you have a menstrual cycle and your period is your actual bleed. So, that's the first week or so of the menstrual cycle. Within that menstrual cycle, you have two main parts. Part number one is the follicular phase, which is on average day one to 14. And that's from the first day of menstruation until ovulation. And ovulation is the moment when an egg from the ovaries is released into the uterus. But I'm going to talk more about that in a second. The second half of your menstrual cycle is called the luteal phase. And that's day 15 to about day 28. So that's after ovulation all the way up until the next first day of menstruation again. So what is this cycle? What what are we talking about? When I was in school, the lesson that I got taught was sort of sex education. Basically, this is a condom. This is the birth control pill. Don't get pregnant. Off you go. That was kind of the lesson that we got. And most of the time, even I have to say this, boys and girls are being separated in these lessons as well. And I think we should not do this. I think we should put everyone in the same room just as much as this podcast is not just for those who menstruate, but also for those who don't. This is all very useful information to have. So this menstrual cycle, what is, what is it that, that is happening? What, what is happening in your body? It is the work of your hormones that is communicating with your ovaries and your uterus to release an egg from your ovaries, and this is called ovulation, that 
egg will nestle itself in the in the uterine lining of your your womb, so your uterus, and this uterine lining is called the endometrium. And if this egg is fertilized by a sperm cell, a pregnancy might occur. But if this isn't the case, then this uterine lining that was sort of nice and plumb and thick and waiting for this egg to to come and sort of nestle in it, this this lining will be shed and that is your monthly bleed. And then from that moment, a new cycle starts again. So let's take it back to the uterus and the ovaries. I remember seeing pictures every now and then about of that sort of weird let's call it a triangle shape I'm gonna call it like an an upside down pear with these two little arms on the side of it and then the little arms were holding two tiny bowls that is what I what I remember of it but I didn't know and and I remember that a baby can grow within that pear But that's how far I got. So what do I know now? I know now that the uterus is quite far into the the belly, lower belly. So it's sort of hidden behind some organs. It's that sort of upside down pear shaped muscular organ. So it's made out of muscle and it can grow 500 times its own size. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I did not know that. I mean, I obviously knew that it could grow because otherwise how will a baby eventually fit in there? But 500 times, can you imagine? So attached to this uterus on either side, you have the fallopian tubes. Those are the little arms that I was talking about earlier. And to me, they always look like these arms with no hands, but with fingers on it, if that makes sense. Um, In these fallopian tubes, that's sort of the, the path that an egg walks through or slides through or flies through, whatever you want to call it, and can be transported into the uterus. This egg has to come from somewhere. This egg comes from the ovaries, those little eggs that I always saw at the end of the little arms that were attached to the uterus. These eggs are as big as a grape. Whenever I see a picture of of this, of the female reproductive system, I never imagine how small it actually is. Think about it. A grape is not that big. And one other thing that I never knew, I always thought that the ovaries were actually attached to the fallopian tubes. This is not true. The ovaries are sort of floating under the fallopian tubes and they are actually attached uh, to the uterus with a with a teeny tiny string. It's probably some sort of muscle. So knowing this, knowing where all of this is, you can know what the what the job is of this whole system and that basically is to produce an egg so from the ovary going into the fallopian tube going into the uterus the uterine lining is being made nice and cozy and thick for that egg to sort of start and nestle into there if it was fertilized then this can eventually become a pregnancy and grow a whole ass baby i mean what? (laughs) A human? Or if this doesn't happen, and I also find this really cool, 
the um, egg or the corpus luteum is what it is called, is what, what the egg came from, is being reabsorbed by the body. So it sort of goes back into the body and that's it. And then that uterine lining that didn't get the egg in it sheds and it leaves your body via the vagina. And when you think about it, isn't that absolutely amazing? Isn't it fantastic that the body can do that, that someone who menstruates can either grow a whole human or shed their own lining of the uterus and reabsorb the egg that was supposed to become that human into the body? I find this fascinating. I find this absolutely amazing. And again, I'm angry that society never taught me this in the way that I am telling it myself now. I I have to caveat this. Obviously, I knew that this happened in some form or way. But when you look at it that way, and when you tell young menstruators as well, that this is what your body can do, it becomes this magical thing rather than you will be punished when you get pregnant. And I think that's a totally different way of looking at your menstrual cycle and making it more of a positive thing for most. I think that's what we really need. So we know where the uterus is. We know where the ovaries are. We know where the fallopian tubes are. But I've already talked a little bit about hormones earlier on because how does the uterus and do the ovaries know that they have to do all of this? Well, this is where hormones come in. Hormones are actually chemical messengers that are being sort of orchestrated by what's called your endocrine system. And the endocrine system is a network of glands and organs that you can find in the brain, but also in the rest of the body. And through the the messages that these hormones put out, these glands and these organs, such as the uterus, they know what to do in the body and they can aid in the development and growth of your body. So it's not just your uterus, it's also the growth of your hair, of bone density, um, how well your skin is, everything that you as a human need to live on, basically. So I am going to talk about five main hormones that are present within the menstrual cycle. And I have to say before I do this as well that there are obviously more hormones. It's a lot more complicated than I am telling you right now. This is how I understand it and this is how I make it easy for myself to understand. And if I go even further and deeper into all of this knowledge, it it becomes just a little bit too much even for even for me, well, especially for me. (laughs) So estrogen is the first hormone that I'm going to talk about. So for your menstrual cycle, this is sort of the main act of the hormones. This is the hormone that kicks it all off. It aids in ovulation. So when that egg is being released from the, uh, through the fallopian tube from the ovary, sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't find the word there for a second. And estrogen is also responsible for the thickening of the uterine lining in anticipation of a pregnancy. So after you had your period, after you had your bleed, 
estrogen comes to the scene again and says, all right, let's get ready for the next round that uterine lining needs to get thickened because another egg is coming. Your estrogen levels can also have an effect on serotonin and endorphin levels. And those are the hormones in your body that make you feel good and happy and energized. And that's why a lot of the times when your estrogen levels are rising um, in that first half of your menstrual cycle, it kind of means or it could mean it's different for every single person, but it could mean that you feel a bit more uh, energized and you have a little spring in your step. The second hormone is progesterone. This is a very strong hormone. I always like to think of this hormone as like the, the, the big brains, like the big hormone that comes onto the scene because this is the hormone that is going to help that pregnancy develop even more if it happens, of course. Um, progesterone, its main job is to keep that uterine lining, that endometrium, healthy so that pregnancy can happen. But when this is not the case and this is quite often because we don't have babies every single month, when this is not the case, progesterone levels will fall and the uterine lining will shed. So this is your period. And the funny thing about progesterone is that it sort of counterbalances the, the busy and hyperactive and happy workings of estrogen. And this hormone will actually make you feel more calm. You should get better sleep and it should improve your mood. But you can imagine that every month your progesterone levels fall right before menstruation kicks in again. And you can imagine what that does to you with your mood. Third hormone that we need to talk about is testosterone. A lot of the times we think that testosterone is only present in people who are assigned male at birth. This is not true. This is also the case for menstruators. It is present in a much lower level than it is uh, for people who do not menstruate. But it is definitely there. And it spikes around ovulation and is linked to sex drive. So this is your body telling you, you need to get down to business. We want to make a baby. That's like sort of the archaic way of thinking it. But if you want to live a cyclical life and you want to really listen to the hormonal fluctuations in your body and you want to know when is like a good time to have really big fun with your partner or with anyone, to be honest, then this is the time. And that is around ovulation when testosterone is peaking. Two hormones left to talk about. One of them is called follicle stimulating hormone. FSH for short. And this hormone is being orchestrated by the brain and sent out to the ovaries to tell them, yo, yo, we need to produce an egg. It kind of spikes during ovulation and that's also when the eggs mature. So there's, there's not just one egg. Let me be clear on that, by the way. There's not just one egg that's being produced. It's, it's more than that. But FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, is the one that is telling the ovaries, get to work, it's happening. Last hormone that we, or main hormone that we need to think about is luteinizing hormone. I'm probably saying this very wrong. <laughs> you can Google it. It's LH for short. And 
This is also coming from the brain and it's sending LH, luteinizing hormone, to the ovaries again. And this is the hormone that tells the ovaries, right, we need to pick one egg and that's going to be released into the fallopian tube and it's going to travel down to the uterus. And this is also spiking during ovulation time. So we've talked about hormones. We've talked about the uterus and about ovaries. And I've already touched a little bit on how many days a menstrual cycle actually is. Let's now put all of this information together. I already told you we have two phases, the follicular phase and the luteal phase, the first half of your menstrual cycle and the second half of your menstrual cycle. Going back to those 28 days that I said before, I'm going to stick to that. So all of the days that I'm telling you now are an average. Some people have a bleed that lasts for two days. Some people have a bleed that lasts for six days. Both are normal. If we put all of this together, starting with that follicular phase, on day one to day six, so that is your menstruation, your hormone levels are at their absolute lowest, um, especially at the first day. So like the first, what's called the breakthrough bleed day. And that's the first day that you are really bleeding and you're going to need a tampon or a pad or anything like that. That's when your hormone levels are low. Your uterine lining is being shed because there wasn't an egg uh being nestled into that uterine lining we are not having a pregnancy so we need to get rid of that extra endometrium it sheds via the vagina and that is your period a pregnancy didn't occur and due to all of these low hormone levels you might feel more fatigued on other day days and this is why during menstruation and especially the first few days you might feel like not really going out and just want to stay under a blanket. Some people will have period pain. It is not normal to be in absolutely agonizing and, and excruciating pain. But if you are worried about that and if you feel like you are in too much pain, then please go see a healthcare professional. Go talk to your doctor, to your GP and ask them for help. That was day one to about six. From there, day six to day 12, we are well underway in the follicular phase and estrogen is starting to rise because we've had that menstruation. So estrogen says, or the uh, glands tell estrogen, the hormone, to go around the body and tell everyone, right guys, we need to prepare, or girls, um, we need to prepare and the uterine lining needs to be thickened again. Follicle stimulating hormone, FSH, is also on the rise because it's helping to mature the eggs in the ovaries again. And in this time, you are starting to feel a little bit more energized. Energy is building up and you are working towards that sort of high energy time in the ovulation phase. That's the next phase, day 12 to 14. On average, ovulation happens on day 14. But again, this is different for everyone. So during ovulation, there's quite a big rise in estrogen levels. And another hormone that I already uh, talked about, the, the, the one that I can't say, the luteinizing hormone, LH, um, 
is also there because on or around day 14, one little egg from all of those eggs that were matured will make its way down the fallopian tube into the uterus. And this is a time in your cycle, so that ovulation time where you want to be amongst others. I spoke about testosterone as well. So you want to go out there, maybe find a mate if I want to make it really primal. Um, but it's not just to do with sex either. This um, this time in, in your period, or sorry, this time in your menstrual cycle, you might just feel like you want to be more social. You want to go out and, ab and about, have a dance, see friends. It's a really good time for most people. Again, everyone is different. Then we have entered the luteal phase. So after ovulation on day 14, the luteal phase is going to happen and that goes all the way up until the next day of menstruation. So on average, that's day 14 to day 28. The egg has left the ovary. That means that progesterone knows that it needs to kick in. And that hormone is aiding in keeping the uterine lining nice and thick and cozy for that fertilized egg. Follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone are now taking a break. They have done their work. They are going to uh, wait until the next follicular phase if the egg is not fertilized. If the egg is fertilized, uh, estrogen and progesterone are staying on the scene and they are making sure that that uterine lining is growing and eventually a baby will grow out of it. But most of us don't grow babies every month and with that, that uterine lining is going to be shed. So progesterone and estrogen, they know that they need to leave the stage. They have no work to do at that point and the lining will be shed and your bleeding is happening once again. And in this luteal phase, you uh, might also have some PMS, some premenstrual syndrome. So you might feel bloated, you might feel headaches, um, you might have a little bit of tummy pain or anything like that. Sometimes a little bit of uncomfortable things or a little bit of pain is normal, but most of the time it is said that PMS and uh, especially severe PMS is not normal. So if you are worried, again, please go and speak to your healthcare provider. That's the end of the luteal phase. After that, we have arrived at menstruation again and we are starting the whole thing one more time. And again, I say one more time, we do it a lot of times. This is your period 101. This is really quickly going through all of the hormones and all of the um, jobs, basically, that your body is doing every single month. When you hear it this way, when you think about it, you, you know now that your body is working so hard. Every month, your body is going through this every single month. And it is still astonishing to me that we don't teach this in schools, that we don't tell young menstruators that this is what they are going through and that maybe the time that they are feeling less inspired or the time that they struggle more with studying, for example, might be because of their hormonal fluctuations within their body after they've had that first period. 
So I hope that this has helped you a little bit. I know that maybe a lot of this is already known to you and a lot of this you know is happening within the body, but maybe there were some things in there that you never knew. I definitely learned a lot over the last few years about my body and it has helped me to track my cycle and to know when within those 28 days when I am at my best and when I need to just take a break when I'm able to and take some rest. It is so powerful to know all of this and it is really powerful to me to know that my body is capable of this. I am still, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm still just amazed that my body is able to do this. So having said that, if you have anything to tell me about your menstrual cycle, about your period, if you have a story that you'd like to share with me, then I'd love to hear it. You can get in touch with me via hello at theperiodpt.com. That's hello at theperiodpt.com. Or you can uh, send me a direct message on Instagram at theperiodpt. And if you want to use all of this knowledge to make the most out of your workouts and out of your exercise, then please check out my Patreon um, that's www.patreon.com slash theperiodpt and you can find me there as well. I really showed my age there by saying www, didn't I? <laughs> I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. On the next episode, I'm going to talk to you about PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is what I got diagnosed with in 2021. And I really hope that you are learning about your own menstrual cycle, about your own periods. And if you have any questions, then please hit me up through those links as well. And as always, I hope you have a bloody brilliant week. Mm-hmm.